Welcome back to another episode of Joel Cupcake Live with, well, me, your boy, Joel Cupcake. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Uh, thanks for tuning in. Took last week off. Uh, actually had a busy week for once with, like, pen-up stuff, which is completely mind-boggling these days. So, uh, wasn't around to do an episode. Um, I'll have a health update episode for you guys following this episode, I believe. I, I got to look at how I have my episodes scheduled, but I have one of those coming soon. But so I won't bore you with a health update right now. Um, thanks everybody for uh, you know tuning in, coming back, doing all the watching you've been doing. Last couple of episodes have been really well received. I've had some awesome friends on the show. Um, I'm I'm excited to continue that today. And um, actually, my guest today we met back in 2016. He's an awesome dude. I'm very excited to have him on because he's the first other promoter I've had on the show. Uh, so let's let's take a second. Let me get him. Let me get him in here. Uh, this is my buddy Austin Gall from Omaha. What's up? What's up, dude? Boop, boop, boop. I feel like you have to have like the air horn. Oh, like no, thing. I know. I, I should have fucking. Boop, I don't boop, have. Boop, boop, boop. I, I want to get. I want to get one of those little like soundboard things that you can do all that with. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That runs through your computer, but like. I'm I'm kind of a boomer. Like I don't know if you've seen any of my episodes or <laughs> you see the way anybody interacts with me online. Like everyone just refers to me as Boomer Joel these days. I'm also wearing a bandana right now, so that totally fits the the monkier. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like the older I get, I, the more boomerish I become too. So you're in, you're in good company, man. Well, yeah, and it's just like I don't even know. I don't even know half half this shit works. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, with you. For my podcast, I have like a technical producer that literally does everything for me, which is yes. super, super nice. So it's tight. Everybody I talk to says that exact same thing. Yeah. Like, except for Sean. Sean just does all his shit on his own. Yeah. You know, Sean, Sean Mott. And then like, but everybody's like, oh yeah, I have a friend who like mixes everything and like this and like they help check it. And I'm like, you have somebody for that? I'm like, I just have this fucking website that we're using to record the show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shout, know, out, then, shout out Sean Mott too. I love that guy. Dude, who doesn't love that guy? That's the real question. If you don't love Sean Mott, just turn this episode off. Don't, don't watch my fucking show. <laughs> he's a good boy. You know, I like he, that guy. he is a good boy. You you are right. You are right. So, well, you know what? Let's just jump right into it. You already mentioned it. So obviously, like let's go backwards in our conversation. Like, let's start where I would have ended because you already brought it up. There's a pandemic going on. Fuck COVID. You're doing a podcast now. What's what, what's it called and what's that about? Like, hit me with it. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, with COVID going on, obviously, it's been really hard to <laughs> it's been really hard to keep busy. Um, you know, to a to a certain degree. You know, like I guess more so. What I'm trying to say is, it's it's good to have a creative outlet during these times where, you know, uh, promoters have really had their creative outlet taken away. You know, like yeah. you might you might not. Some people might not view you know being a promoter. Um, you know, as like a creative like mm -hmm. position, but it, it, it really, it really is, you know, yeah. like, you know, especially if you, if you're kind of in the business that I'm in and like throwing parties because you really have to, you know, be like a concert promoter and like a club promoter all in the, in the same, you know, in the same night. So you're having to look at like things like, you know, how does the room look, you know, how should we decorate, you know, things yes. like that. So yeah, it's been really fun, man. I've got, I, I kind of decided that I needed something to do besides play video games. So I got into um, respect, got, I got myself a little focus, right? A uh, little input here. And then I got a, a new mic and I decided to uh, start a podcast with my friend, uh, Tommy, who I cool. opened a, a DIY venue back uh, in the day with. 
uh, oh, back cool. in the day, okay. back in the day being like 2010, you know, that's, you know, I, that, we were like 18 and 19. At yeah. that point, so that's you know like what, you know, though, you know what, man, we're getting up there in age. So like that yeah. is back in the day. Like I turned fucking 35 this year. I turned 30 in July. So I'm about yeah. to, sh- I'm about yeah. to shoot my pants. <laughs> I, turned, I turned 35. I have more gray hair than my fucking mom. Yeah. Who's Thanks. in her seventies, you know, like yeah. I live, I lived way too rambunctious of a life with, between all the partying on tour and then the continued partying, like being a promoter, going to fests, doing all that stuff. Like, right. I'm probably halfway to dead this year. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So me, like, me too. I feel justified saying back then, like, it's yeah. okay. It's, yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I've started to find some gray hairs that the, I think the pandemic has brought on, but I digress. You know, it's, I'm happy to just, just to be doing something creative and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I started another pod. Well, I mean, to finish up on that, the first podcast, yeah. You know, what's, it, just, what's it called? What's it called? Yeah, it's called the Where We Left Off podcast. Okay. Um, you can find it on all major streaming platforms, like every <laughs> like every podcast does. But uh, yeah, we we really just take in people that we've met over the years, like uh, together, uh, and just interview interview them, catch up with them, and have real conversations. We've had some political conversations. We've had some good guests so far. We had Jordan from Grandson on this week. We had George Schmitz two weeks ago from Stick to Your Guns. We had. Uh, Jay Webster from Unity Texas last week. Like it's been, it's been a lot of fun to catch up with those guys. Those are all like personal close friends too. So it's yeah, been, yeah, yeah. it's been really fun to do that. But then on the other side, I started another podcast. Uh, it's kind of a more niche podcast, but it's like a basketball podcast for the for oh, the uh, for the hometown team in Omaha uh, that I that I follow. So how's that's that been, going? That's dude. It's been great. It's been really fun. Like I I love like a little unknown fact about me. I love basketball. I love love college basketball i'm a huge creighton blue jays fan they're the team out of omaha i've, I've gone to their game since i was like a, a kid so yeah I, I know everything i know mostly everything about the program and it's really fun just to go through and like I, i'm going through and doing like former player interviews and like doing like game analysis and like you know like it's it's been a ton of fun dude i That's i really tight. you know it's it's a really niche you know it's a really niche audience so it's not mm-hmm. like a it's not like i have like a, a bajillion people that i'm talking to about like this huge topic but the community is really fun and it's been yeah it's been fucking a blast it's been been able to really flex my creative muscles <laughs> Dude, yeah I'm, I'm i'm actually going to be starting a new podcast soon with a friend but i don't want to talk about that because we're still ironing out the details but it's going to be very niche to like a certain you know yeah it's, it's probably going to it's going to be on a video game that we all that a bunch of us play together so okay. we're we're gonna do with we're gonna just gonna do that and it's just gonna be fun like just another creative outlet you know what I mean so yeah yeah it's 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 really important to keep like I I found myself like back in July trying to figure out like how am I going to bridge the gap between like the the start of quarantine to like the end of quarantine like the start mm-hmm. of the pandemic I guess to the end of the pandemic you know I I mean I can't just sit here for <laughs> you know for months on end and not do anything you know it's it's yeah. really hard to just sit here every day and not do anything so I, I really had to get creative and i'm a journalism major too you know i went to college for journalism you know oh, okay i, I didn't i didn't know that about you yeah i work i still currently work in the public relations industry uh, i have a day job which i've been super i've been super thankful for through the pandemic like it's been like a godsend if i didn't have it i'd be broken on my ass so um you know i i really have that journalistic bug in me so it's mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do something in the podcasting world and I'm yeah. I finally just took my credit card and bought all the shit I needed to do it, you know. Hey, I, I I did the same thing when I bought all this the setup for this and then, you know, I also do I do Twitch for fun. I don't I don't 
it's not that I don't take it seriously, but like I'm, I'm, I think one of the, one of the things you learn being a promoter is like, you're a realist. Like you, you just learn to see things like I, I see through bullshit and I think you're, you're the same way, yeah. you know? So like Twitch thing, it's fucking fun. I have a good time. Sometimes I make a couple hundred bucks a month off it. Sometimes I don't, but I, it, I, I enjoy doing it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And that's the thing about like the, like the basketball podcast that I'm doing. Like <clears throat> I've never really done anything in that realm before because I've just never felt like I fit into that community because I've been so ingrained in like my music community for my yeah. entire life. So it's, it's been a ton of fun to find like a whole new niche of like friends that I can talk to and that's like, right. yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, I love to. I love that. Yeah, and that's honestly, Twitch has become that for like me and Defonce and a few other people. Like, there's this whole community on there, and it's like way less judgmental. There's way less bullshit. There's way like, um, you know, I do believe that like, you know, injustices should be called out and people should be called out for their bullshit, but there's way less of like the white knighting stuff. It's like, I can say what I want and people interpret it one way or the other. And if they don't like it, they don't watch me. Sure. You know, right. it's, it's not like they're not, they're not trying to find a reason to crucify anybody or trying to find a reason to make themselves look better, yeah. you know, by reading into shit that's not there. It's like, everyone is on Twitch cause they enjoy the fucking platform and the community and it's tight. Right. Yeah. It's very supportive. Yeah. yeah. That's what I found too. And yeah. And, and inherently in some of the, you know, musical scenes that we come from you know they're full of judgment and they're full of clickiness you know i mean it, yeah. we, we want to say it's a very inclusive environment and to a point it definitely is but yeah there are you know those those judgmental people that you find in, in mm -hmm. every <laughs> in every scene that you come from but yeah it, i mean it, it's, it's like crazy like every time we hire someone new at, at the company you know i always get these people that are like oh i want to repent up this that, the other thing and like i just go right to the chase and i go okay well i have a question for you and they're like what's that and i was like how do you feel about censorship and they're like what does this have to do with anything and i'm like just answer the fucking question please yeah <laughs> and right. then they're all they they always give me an answer and i'm like so if at any point in time you post something on your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and if I call you and tell you to take that down because it negatively reflects me because your name is now attached to mine, are you going to have a problem with that? Right. And they go, well, what does that fucking matter? I just want to put on shows and work with music. And I'm like, you don't understand that there's a whole, uh, yeah. and, and this was before cancel culture and everything. Like, uh, you know, I've been doing this for, well, well, technically 16 years now, even though there's nothing I'm doing at the moment. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, cool. um, so, like, you know, I, there's always been a political, a political aspect of what we do. It just is the truth. Like, you can't yeah. you can't get around it, you know? And, Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people are not about it, you know? Yeah. Sucks, because there's a lot of people I've wanted to have work for me over the years, and they weren't okay with some of that stuff. And it's like... You know, when when I have a team of like thirty people, you know, yeah. so all of us affect each other, and they all, but they all understand that now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And I I think for a long time I kept my circle very small because I was tired of having to deal with that. I mean, even up until this last year, it's 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 hard to. I mean, it's it's really hard to put a a. It's really hard. To, I, it's hard to figure out how to word this because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But it's it. I, I hate when people 
become a, you know, people that want to work for you become a part of your team and end up giving you a bad name, essentially. It's, you know, like I've kept my circle so small for so long just because I've never wanted to deal with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it's but kind it, of like, what's the, like, what's that phrase we were all, we're taught as a kid, like birds of a feather, you know? Yeah. Right. Like you see one bad apple, so you assume the rest of them are bad apples. Yeah. And I've had a ton of, <laughs> I've had a ton of interesting people work for me over the years. And it, like, it, it makes me question my, my judgment of character too. You know, like, mm -hmm. like when I get into these situations where someone that has worked for me, you know, like whatever that means, you know, whether if it's yeah. like doing security or like coming on road trips with us or whatever, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes I feel like I do have a bad judge of character because I look at some of the things that people do while they're employed for me. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? Like this, this would never be okay. Like anywhere, you know, yeah. like, and then it just makes me spiral into like thinking about like, man, do I really have a bad judge of character? And it's like, no, no, you just hired a bad person, you know? So like, well, yeah, over the like years, over the years, I've tried to like learn from that, you know, like, especially as a young promoter, because I just needed like anybody who would work for cheap and like, Oh God. Yeah. I know. It's not, it's not a, <laughs> that's not a very, you don't, you don't get very many people that want to do that, that, that mm. aren't, completely insane that's the the nice way of putting it i guess no that's the well and see the thing is is like mo most you know i would say about 90 percent of the promoters in the world that get started they do they get started because they love it they want to yeah. do it they want to get back to their community so you find someone else who's like i want to get back to my community okay well the fuck yeah that's awesome i remember when i wanted to be like that and that's what you see, but then they end up being like a douchebag, or they're they're very they're terrible with with you know the opposite sex, or they're fucking thieves, or you you, you don't you don't necessarily yeah, know you, that you, you stuff. fucking you fucking name it, dude. I mean, <laughs> we've yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've probably dealt with it all, and and vice versa. You know, oh, I'm yeah. sure both oh, of yeah. us have had some pretty. I've had some crazy run-ins myself, man. I've had people steal money from me. I've had people, mm -hmm. you know, get accused of, you know, stupid, insanely bad shit. And it's, it's yeah. fucking, you know, I mean, the one thing that I've really learned is to align my ethos and, you know, my values, you know, exactly with how I want my business to be run. And, you know, yeah. when you're a kid, you don't really fucking think about that. You really don't, you know, especially like, especially when you're, when you're just given the keys to like, you know, like for in my case, like I was given the keys to like a venue, you know, like a DIY venue and we literally did whatever the fuck we wanted to do, you know. So I had a lot of people that were just, you know, trying to attach themselves on to that just to look cool. And they were not people that should have been around. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst thing I ever had was one of the guys that worked for me. We found out he had an Oxycontin problem. And we found out because he, there was a band he was in that he left or got kicked out of. I don't know the full story. I really stay out of the, the band drama locally. Long story short, he swooped a guitar from a band he used to be in and traded it for drugs. Oh, baby. And none of them told me because, yeah. because they were like, oh, well, we didn't want you to blacklist us from shows. I was like, first off, I don't blacklist dance from shows. Second off, why the fuck would I be mad at you for this situation? Like, you know, I was like, you should have fucking told me because fuck that guy. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Oh God. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. I, I've had a few, I've had, I've only had two people that have stolen from me. And of course one of them denied it. And then, you know, he's, 
fuck that guy. That's all I have to say about that. But you know, well, you know, I've had I've had a couple girls that work for me, and like I always feel bad with them because like they either don't feel safe because of all like the fights and shit, or like there's it's just like just they're just being creeped on incessantly. You know what I mean? And like I have to be very vocal with like, yo, don't would you talk to me like that? Then don't talk to her like that. You right. know, right? And I hate it, man. Like. Yeah, you know, there's so much more that goes into what we do than what people realize, you know? Yeah. And like you said, like, we are creative in our own way. Like, the times I've had to walk into a venue and be like, how can I make this show sick here? Or like, you know, we don't have the best selection of rooms in the Bay, especially being like DIY, not really doing the whole insurance thing. Like, we do a lot of stuff off the books. Sure. You know? And so, like, I've had to make places work and people are like, you're having a show there you or, Oh, why do you keep using this room when we hate going there? And it's like, well, you know what, dude, like we're like, doing we our, yeah, we don't really have a fucking option. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, especially out here in California, like, because the, the state's been burned so many times because all the money is in EDM hip hop and reggae here. But with any of those comes a drug scene, you oh, know? Yeah. And then yeah. if you go into hip hop or gangster rap, you have the violence as well. So no matter what you're trying to do, you can go say, I'm going to open up a club that's only rock and roll. And the government is literally the state of California is basically just gonna be like, you're fucking lying because we know at some point in time, when it comes down to your bar sales and your numbers, you're going to have to explore the avenues of music that we feel like generate problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it's hard for hardcore because they have the violence in like, dude, I had violence, drug problems, alcohol issues, hard mm -hmm. drug problems. I mean, it's, you know, like it, it takes from every scene too. you know, like yeah. it's not, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know it's, it's fucking crazy too. And it, I mean, we're looked at, <clears throat> we're looked at lesser just because we look way different, you know, like, yeah. you well, know, I mean, anybody trying to open up like a little tiny, you know, a little tiny hardcore venue that's all ages or something like that in our city. Like they, we would come in, you know, looking like, you know, a bunch of DIY kids or a bunch of yeah. fucking idiot metalcore kids. Like, yeah, of course they would be like super skeptical. You know, like, over yeah, it, you know? yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I think I think the only time my staff has ever been worried I was going to to, to physically hurt someone was we haven't had a drug issue at my shows in a really long time and i think this is why we had a halloween show one year and i like come out of i come out into the the venue what was that had like a weird like lobby space and i come out into the lobby space and there's a chick just like passed out like like this on the couch with like her eyes rolled up in the back of her head yeah and so i like went up to her friend and i was like you have two fucking options you can tell me what the fuck is going on with her or i can call the cops and you can tell the cops and then i'll tell the whole show that the reason the show got shut down is because of you and your friend. Yeah. I was like, so what do you want? And she was like, oh, this kid sold her ex in the bathroom. And I was like, what did he look like? And I fucking, that was the only time I literally, like, he had a backpack on. I picked him. I grabbed him by the backpack. And he turned around. And I literally just grabbed him by his throat and threw <laughs> him into the wall. Like, I didn't, I didn't hold him there. I threw him. Yeah. And then he fell. And he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, dude, you're so, like. Go look at her. I was like, you're selling drugs to people at my show. You've been coming to my shows for years. You know that that's not okay. I don't care if it's how you have fun on your own. You don't do it here. And like, I forget what the kid said to me. He's like, he put me in like blind rage mode. And I picked the dude up and I threw him into a set of glass doors. And like the glass doors almost broke. 
and oh, like man. my whole my whole team was like dude you need to chill and i literally i literally i remember in front of like we had like 400 people there that night the show like stopped because they saw it going on and i remember in front of the whole crowd of people i literally was like if i ever catch you selling drugs to kids at my shows again i'll fucking murder you <laughs> Jesus. and i was like i was just like and like the next day i was like man i was really out of hand I mean, like, I wasn't. I don't really feel like I was out of hand. Right. But, like, usually I try to have a lot more, like, poise. Does sure. that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you, you, when something happens on your home turf and you feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, for me, it's like when I, I feel like I let people down when I let stupid shit like that happen at my shows, you know, like, that's it, like, and it turns to rage. You know, like all we want to do is create like an inclusive environment for everybody, you know, and like a a safe environment. And like when people come into that and try to fuck with it, it, I mean, it's like they mess, it's like you're messing with their kids or something, you know, like you get super defensive, you know, you might not even know that person, but like Mm -hmm. I remember specifically when I was a kid, I booked one of the biggest shows I ever booked, you know, like. uh, It was like I I have it hanging on my wall over here is is Oceano Chelsea Grin. That he this is the contagion tour back in like 2010. Oh, yeah, I remember and that. We like sold it out at Sokol Underground, and there was this fucking kid who did the same thing was like buying drinks for like this fucking girl, and she like this underage, like 16 year old girl. And like, yeah, that's not fucking okay. So, no, like, so I called the cops, and he got arrested. And was like, yeah, don't fucking do that. Like, you know, you can't, you know, I, I over the years, dude, I think I've. I felt it necessary because I hated having cops come to our shows to just like handle things like mm-hmm. ourselves, which always isn't always the greatest idea, but like, it's been nice. To, it's been nice not to have to worry about that anymore because I feel like every venue that we work out of now just has such great security yeah. that like, it just doesn't even have it anymore. So, yeah. well, the other been, thing is, is like, I think, I think we're unique because like, I, I'm sure every scene has their way of dealing with things, but like, some people don't understand that like when you come from the metal slash punk slash hardcore world, like when you have a problem and you say something gets dealt with, like people don't get what that means. Yeah. It, it, it gets fucking dealt with like right then and there. Like yeah. there's no or call. Right, there's there's yeah, no right call. Then, the, there's right, no call on the cops. Yeah. Like right then and there, or like you tell the person like, I'm going to handle you the way we handle things. And then they, that person just disappears because they don't want to get rickrolled. Sure. Let's just say rickrolled. Cause we're, on camera you know what i mean yeah like so i fucking i dude i fucking get it you know and the, the thing that really bums me out is um is unnecessary like misinterpretation and competition in, in our business like and in, in my area like i have uh a couple new promoters that have popped up and they've all come from like the pop punk world or like they don't understand hardcore you know they don't they don't get it you know and they also so they just look at me as like i'm the dude that's been doing shows for you know a decade and a half like oh like a lot of bands feel like they've been burned by me but you know that happens to every promoter i don't care yeah every 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 promoter yeah so 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 this one of one of the people in question i will i will try to say use as much anonymity as possible um basically like said that like oh like this band has some predators in it you know but everyone's booking them all willy-nilly and so i like messaged this person and i was like what band are you talking about you know who's booked them where are they from and like what proof do you have and the dude literally his there sorry 
I actually don't know what their pronoun is, so I should I should say the person anyways. Okay. So person, this person goes, you know, like, oh, well, you booked them before, so you're just going to protect them because they make you money. And I was like, whoa. I was like, you don't know me at all. He's like, like I, I don't make money, period, bitch. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, I don't make money. B, like, I'm messaging you out of concern for our scene because right. Right. it doesn't matter if their band has made me money in the past. I don't want someone like that around. Right. You know, yeah. like, every time there's been an accusation of like some shit like that, I look into it personally. I don't make phone calls, I'll like hit up the girls myself. Or, you know, well, it's not always girl, but you know what I mean. Like, I'll hit up the victims sure. in question and be like, what happened? Fucking tell, like, I want to hear it in your own words. And I'll make sure X person or Y person is not ever here and welcomed around again. And I don't just mean my shows. I mean the scene in general, because the scene should take care of itself, you know? Yeah. And so, like, of late, there's been, like, some issues and people just assume that, I guess, you know, because we're the bigger production company that, my my morals don't matter like and i'm like dude that's fucked up dude like you know yeah i think the um yeah i i totally know what you're saying man like uh, people and i've come across this in my in my experience too it's like people just assume that like you protect everyone and like mm -hmm. you know if if you book a band that equals endorsement to whatever is going on that you don't know about and that is, it's, it's, it's extremely frustrating. Yeah. And it's not only people that like you book, but it's the pe people on your team as well. Like if, if someone has a problem, you know, with someone that, that is associated with you or works with you, it's extremely difficult to deal with because, you know, I, I, like I said, I want to, sorry, my candidate dry is getting to me here. <laughs> um, you're good, dude, you're good. I, I want to create a very inclusive environment, no matter what, you know, no matter no matter the circumstances, my goal is to create an environment that everyone feels safe in. So if that means Correct. someone that is playing on a band or someone on my team, or if I've said something to you, it, that needs to be addressed. You know what I mean? Like that's what I think over the last year, that's where I've kind of turned, turned focus on myself as well, because I feel like, you know, people have, people get this idea of, of who you are in their head just because of the things that you do in your promoting life. And yeah. you know, whether you know it or not, it rubs off, you know, if, if whether you know if a band has, a, if it has an issue or not, it rubs off on you because that's associated with your name. And, you know, you know, as well as I do that, that's, <laughs> that's not good for business, you know, like, yeah. and uh, you know, I, and that's, and that's why I've tried to take like a proactive approach like you are as well, like talking to people, reaching out to people, addressing issues immediately when they come up is like, yo, like, I just want to get to the bottom of this. Like, let me know what's up. I can, I can, you know, adjust as needed. Like I had to fire someone back in like July who was like a good friend of mine that had some shit pop up about him. You know, I don't want to get into the specifics of it. Oh, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucking embarrassing, but like, you know, it's, you, you really have to take responsibility too. And like, that's <clears throat> over the past couple of years, that's what I've really like focused in on is like being like responsible as a promoter for, you know, some of the social issues that go on within the scene. 
um, and taking them very seriously. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we are going through a very fragile time of cancel culture. You know, like you said, I mean, like everybody knows, I hate that fucking word. I hate cancel culture. I hate the fucking word. I hate the phrase. You know, if like yeah. bad people, if bad people need to get out of like whatever we're doing, so be it. Just, just tell them to get out. Let's not just create like this whole movement about it. Let's just like, let's take a calculated approach to everything and make sure yeah. that like one people learn, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, there's, I think, I guess there's levels to it. There's, there's people that knowingly manipulate people to like do bad things. And there's people that maybe just don't know any better. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, there's teachable moments when all, within all of that, you know what I mean? And <laughs> what I've tried to do is like take a more proactive approach to like handling things in that matter. Because like, I don't want to be that guy at age 40 that is still like, you know, like you said, like throwing people through doors, you know, like I've had plenty of situations like that fucking too, yeah. you know, like I don't want to be that guy. You no, know? Like, exactly. I, I don't, you know, like I grew up that, that way because we grew up in like a scene that like dealt with shit, you know? And like I, that totally shaped who I am. It totally it comes out of my personality. Like, uh, you know, for the person I am today, but like the person I am today totally wants to be more, more calculated in like the way that I handle things these days, you know? Yeah. So that's the way that I try to view those things. Like I've had a, like I said, I've had a ton of, a ton of situations like that the last couple of years. Like people, you know, whether if it's like, yeah, I guess I don't even want to get into the specifics. It's, it's all fucking water under the bridge. Once you let somebody, once you let somebody go or like you fire a band or like stop working with people, like the one thing I've tried to work on this year is like letting go of that. You know what I mean? And just like moving on, you know, because like I, I carry it with me. You know, because like it, it reflects so poorly. It reflects so poorly on me. And I feel like I've had so many of those instances where I've just been caught in the middle of like these bad character judgments and like having that rub off on mm-hmm. pe- who people think I am. You know, and it, it's fuck. It's fucked. It sucks yeah. ass. Yeah, we had we had a situation a couple of years ago that up until earlier this year, actually, I wasn't able to let go of. And just like it, like there was so much shit talk on both sides of the fence and like all this political turmoil and like scene drama and people that have been coming to my shows for 12 years told me I should go get fucked and threatened to beat me up. Like just crazy, dude, just like crazy. Like it threatened my relationship with my girlfriend, like all this stuff. And until recently I wasn't really able to fully like get over it and process it. You know what I mean? I finally had a conversation with one of the dudes that was on the other side of the situation recently. And like, I was really like, I had, I had held a few things against him that I shouldn't have. Cause he has grown since then, you know, but just like kind of talking to him about it and like getting it off my chest fully and also hearing someone else's side fully really just helped me be like, I can fucking walk away from this and just leave it. Cause like, you know, I think a lot of people don't, understand like what goes into what we do as a promoter like and like we're we're proud of what we do we want to help our scene we care like but also like the money and the stress and the time and like i so i'm very proud of what i've done like i try not to be like egotistical about it but it's something that's defined my adult life especially with how long i've been doing it you know and so like i'm terrible at letting shit go so i know fucking god damn i know exactly what you mean like that's my that's been a big focus of mine is like you know, I felt bad. I had some dude hit me up like a month ago. 
he messaged me on Facebook and was like, oh, like last time we interacted at a show, like I, you know, my band played for you. I was tanked and we were unhappy about like the sound. And I said some really harsh shit to you and you haven't spoken a word to me since. And I straight up was like, dude, I, I, I love and appreciate your apology. I was like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. Like I am trying to put that stuff behind me. Like and not be a vindictive person at all anymore. And like, that's to me, that's some of the most important like growth I've had in a minute. Yeah. And it's important for your career to grow like that too. You know, like <clears throat> I, I think for a, the longest time, like I had, I struggled with anxiety and depression and probably a plethora of different other things that I haven't been diagnosed yet with. But like I had anger issues like very bad. And like my, my mid twenties, my early twenties, and even into like poured into like my late twenties, I was, I'm a very angry dude, you know, like, and I, I've really had to like measure myself the last two years and be like, dude, do you want to fucking like die at the age of 50 because you're so fucking mad all the time? Like, and I honestly, I, I, and people tell me that like all the time, you know, it's like, dude, you have to calm down. It's like the, the promoter lifestyle does not lend itself to having serious mental health issues you know what i mean like yeah. not only are you pressed about money 24 7 but you have to worry about so many different other things you know what i mean like yeah. dealing <clears throat> and like finally when i got like myself some like mental health help you know and like you know started taking like my depression seriously and like looking at like my anxiety issues like i started to get better but like you know i still struggle to this day of like you know trying to control like my responses to things you know and like that's like the hard thing like in being a promoter because i feel like i'm always on like i'm always on speed 100 like when we're at like an event or something like that and yeah. like i don't mean to be like angry but like if something goes wrong yeah i'm, I'm gonna get like a little like snippy and like you know yeah. <laughs> you know but like i've taken quarantine to really like i think grow in that manner so like when I, we do get this second chance at, at life again, which I hope comes very soon. Um, Please, yeah. You know, I think I'm I think I'm going to be a lot more measured of a person. I think I'm going to be a lot more patient. Um, I'm going to I mean, I think I'm going to be so much more well equipped to deal with the stress and the chaos of kind of that environment again. And I, I'm looking forward to it, too. You know, like it's. Well, yeah. And I think we're also going to be better equipped, like. I'm not saying I don't, I'm not appreciative of what I've gained from being a promoter. The people I've met, the bands I know, the people that are my friends now, like, I mean, I still, every once in a while, I get those stories where like, hey, like growing up as a kid, I had nowhere to be and I started going to your shows and I never stopped. And that was fucking nine years ago. And every time I get a story like that, I'm like, I'm proud. But it's like, I think now more than ever, like, not that we would ever take what we do for granted, but sometimes even if it's your passion, it still turns into a job. It still feels like a job. And I think now, like, that's what I'm potentially the most excited for. I say potentially because Lord fucking knows what's going to go on with us getting back to doing this. You know, like, potentially, like, we can sit around and, you know, we'll have missed it. So it'll be that much more enjoyable and rewarding when we get back to it. Right, right. <clears throat> so Yeah, I, I very much look forward to this, this second chance. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's 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 been good for, I think all of my promoter friends, I think have been really, while it's been tough, it's been good for, you know, personal growth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. You know, like it's, it's fucking, 
it's really hard to pick through sometimes because i mean being a promoter and being you know like you know i also dj for like emo night and i do a ton of that i do a ton of that shit like all the time you know it, it becomes like your personality and like that's what i didn't i never wanted that to be my personality you know what i mean and like like i mentioned earlier like i'm getting into like doing like a crate and basketball podcast now like like it's been really this has been a great time for me to like step back and like discover things about myself that like i need to give more attention to you know yeah. like i've I've really done some personal growing, but I've, I've really done some, some great work in like developing some, some other parts of my personality other than just yeah. like being on the road 24 seven or, you know, uh, being so obsessed with like putting in offers that like, I don't go to bed until like two 30 in the morning or something like that, you know? Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 I feel that, dude. Yeah, like that. Honestly, that's part of the reason I started this podcast was get some of my get some of my juices out. You know what I mean? Like my creative juices, but also like it's been a really good way to reflect. And I realized that like in the last couple of years, I've done what you've done. My circle is small, and then like there's only a few people that know me, and everyone's always like, "Oh, well, that's that's you know, blah, blah, that's Joel being Joel or whatever." <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, Oh, I realized that like there's everyone knows pinup Joel and not just me as a dude. And I want more people to realize that I'm a dude. Cause every time somebody has beef with me or like, Oh, I heard this and this and this about you. It's like, dude, spend 20 minutes at the bar with me and I'll, I'll you know, slide, in, slide into my DMS and let's fucking like actually have a talk. You know what I mean? Before yeah, exactly. you like make, before you make like, you know, it, I feel, it's weird because sometimes I almost feel like a fucking rock star with how people like try to treat you. You know, like I'm not a fucking rock star. I've never been a fucking rock star. I'm just a fucking guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people are like, well, you know, I just, I, you always just seem so busy. Like, bro, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs like nine oh. out of 10 times, <laughs> you know, like I'm not yeah. fucking doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm always I'm always receptive to like opening a fucking DM or like responding to a DM or a message or a fucking phone call or God forbid, like if we're not the pandemic, let's go have a beer and like talk about it, you know? Like that dude, I would fly to I would fly to Omaha and have a beer with you right now if I could, dude. Like so, here, so here's that's something how, that's how mu that's how much I missed it. Like I would go to fucking Nebraska to have a beer if I could. So here's something fun. I actually don't live in Omaha anymore. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, I moved. Uh, I moved in November to St. Louis, so I'm here with, I'm here with the, I'm oh, here with Colin, baby. Colin, dude, I see you on yeah. top, baby. He's my guy. I like him. He's a. I, I recently kind of connected with him and uh, Robert over at, uh, Red Flag, and oh yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm really looking forward to kind of talking with them about, you know about helping out here in St. Louis. You know, I'm, I'm always going to keep my stuff in, in, uh, in Omaha. Like I'll always, yeah. I'll always, you know, like I can, I could book a show there at the drop of a, a fucking touch, yeah. you know, how, like, so how, how far is Omaha from STL? About six hours. Oh, that's so. not that bad. No, I, thought, yeah. I, thought you, I thought that was much farther apart than that. No. Yeah. I grew up here. I have family here. I've always, um, I've always wanted to move here. You know, like I, my grandpa lives across the river in Illinois. So, you know, and he's 85. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't really have anything going on this year. So I was like, fuck it, dude, I'm going to move. 
and make a new make a new home out here. So I moved out here. My girlfriend lives pretty close to here as well. So it's just me and the dog. And yeah, it's been super nice, dude. I really enjoy like the area that I moved into. Like I can walk and get like a coffee most days or like a juice or something. And um, really looking forward to like when the pandemic is over and I can explore like all of the bars in my neighborhood. It's it's been a nice change. Like it's definitely like different. You know, like yeah. Om- Om- have you ever been to Omaha? Like. Only on tour, you know yeah. what I mean. I mean, like, it's it's not like a like it's a fun city, but it's very it's very white, <laughs> for lack of a better explanation. You know, I understand. It's, it's extremely white, and um, St. Louis is is extremely diverse. Like it's That's been good. it's been really fun to get out and like check out all these new restaurants and like meet my neighbors who have been like super cool and like you know like everybody in my neighborhood is like fucking nice and like chilling and they're not like all 100% white old people like it's it's fucking nice oh God, yeah. yeah it's it's super nice like I really yeah, we, enjoy live, it. we live in this town on the coast um like I don't know if you know much about California like obviously every most people know what Pebble Beach is you know that's like yeah. the, the golf mecca but like you know that in Carmel or like you know Clint Eastwood there was like the fucking mayor like all the celebrities have houses here shit like that yeah. so we we live like in between the, the two big cities here. So like Monterey is one city and then it's like Carmel Pebble beach. And then we live like right in the middle. That's so dope. it's like our town is called Pacific Grove and they are literally our town slogan is the last little American town. Oh, that's dope. So like everything is shut down at like 9 PM. Like it's all fucking old. Like we have a lot of racial diversity, which is really nice, but it's like predominantly like fucking old people that live here, Yeah, which I'm fine with. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I'm becoming an old person myself. So, um, yeah. I mean, speaking of old people, like my, you know, like I, I pretty much moved here for like, you know, to be closer to my girlfriend, but like, uh, you know, I, I want to spend time with my grandpa before he's gone too, you know, and like being, being on the road so much, like between all of the markets that we do for emo night and like shows and shit, like the last like three years, like it's just been so fucking crazy. So yeah. crazy. Like I, but you know, it, we talked, we talk about it on my podcast all the time. It's just like, you know, I was pretty much like packing up the car to leave like every, you know, thir- Thursday night we would pack up and leave. We'd have a show Friday, Saturday, and then we would drive home Sunday and I'd be home Monday through Wednesday. It's, it's such a wor- it's such a worthless time to be home. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. why not? Why not just like my parents still live in Omaha, but like I was like, why not just move to like, uh, you know, St. Louis and just like spend you know the, the remaining years that I have left with my grandfather, like yeah. super close, you know, like so he's getting he's getting a second shot of the vaccine like this next week. And I'm I'm fucking jacked. Like I'm going to go spend some time with him, you know, in the next couple months. And Good. another another silver lining of quarantine and like yeah. having having an enormous amount of time off, you know, being a promoter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let's talk about that. So I, I didn't know you grew up in St. Louis. Yeah. So did you start promoting shows in Omaha then when you lived there? Or yeah. I, I only, let's, I let's only go, you I know, cause I, like I said, we met what 2016 at one yeah. of the third, one of the, the third string festivals. Yeah. So I, um, I, I was born across the river here in St. Louis in a town called Belleville. And I lived in, I lived in Illinois for like the first five, four years of my life. Um, and then my dad worked for Union Pacific, uh, the railroad company. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, they switched their headquarters from St. Louis to Omaha and he got transferred. So when I was like four or five years old, we moved to Omaha and that, I mean, Omaha is really home for me. Um, but like my grandparents and like most of my relatives live here in the city. Like my brother lives, moved back from Omaha to St. Louis too. So he's here. Oh, um, cool. okay. But yeah, I lived in Omaha from like 95 to like, 2020 like you know to the end of this last year so like that's home for me like it'll always be home because like i've spent the most time there but like i thoroughly enjoy like you know being able to like get back to like my roots for like the lack of a better sense like i i'm yeah my, my grandpa's like my best like one of my best friends like that's i talk tight. to I, I talk to him on the phone like two or three times a week like when the pandemic isn't raging i'm trying to visit him as much as i can prior to the pandemic i was like visiting quite a bit i was like visiting like two, two or three times a year which is like you know when i that it, pretty much all of my off time when i'm not traveling from you know yeah. from shows so yeah um yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and like spending more time with my brother and his husband. Um, you know, like I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with my family other than my parents mm -hmm. pretty much my entire life. So it's been it's been fun. Yeah. But I started, you know, I, I've only really, you know, I obviously I got my start booking shows in Omaha and like the surrounding area and it kind of expanded outwards. I've booked like I've booked like two shows in St. Louis. They were like they were not good, but you know, <laughs> that's like the good thing about meeting like Colin and like getting clicked up with like red flag and all those dudes is like, I'm going to have like an opportunity to like, hopefully do some stuff there. You yeah. know, not, not wait, only wait shows do good in St. Louis. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, I had to, that was for Colin. Cause I know, cause I know he's going to watch this. He helped, he helps with a bunch of my art stuff for the show. I, I, dude, honestly, I think St. Louis is, it's such an underrated city for shows, man. I've been to some crazy, like I've, I've been to some crazy ass shows at like FUBAR, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's this, the city can be really good for shows, but it's, it's so, I, I, from what I understand, it's, it's very spotty, you know, and I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to pretend like I know, like, <laughs> like I know this market, like the back yeah, of my yeah, head yeah. because I fucking don't, you know, like Colin has a way better read on those things. So I would defer to his judgment, but from the way that I can kind of tell, it's just like, it's really spotty, like metal stuff really does like usually like big metal stuff usually like does as good as any other C, but like, mm -hmm. you know, St. Louis is kind of like any other Midwest market, man. It's like. It's like you're fighting for every fucking ticket sold, you know, like <laughs> you're it, it's it's hard to even think about that right now because I, I don't even remember what it feels like to sell tickets for a show. But oh, God, yeah, you know, like I had somebody hit me up. I had somebody hit me up for a refund from a show last June. And I was like, I don't. Did you call the ticketing company? Like, I don't what, you know, like you totally it just like fucked my whole day up because yeah. my brain just got like ripped back into promoter mode. And I was like, I don't. I was like, the ticketing company should just issue you a refund. It's not that hard. Like, yeah, it's dude. It's speaking of that, man. I mean, it's been <clears throat> this time has been super hard, you know, like, and I'm glad that they're starting to get some legislation passed, um, you know, in terms of like m getting money allocated for like venues and like rooms that need that fucking money. Hopefully, hopefully it goes to the right places. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping the same thing. I'm opt. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm optimistic. Um, as long as they applied for it, they should get it. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, man, it's been really fucking hard. We've had a ton of venues close, like, uh, like an astronomical amount of venues that have yeah, it's not you know, okay. The, the main venue that I use here in St. Louis for, you know, the emo nights that we do in this market gone, like it, it was gone the second week of the pandemic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
it's super fucked up it's really 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 fucked up like i've lost i've lost venues in every city that i've that i you know because like in the midwest like we don't really have the pleasure of like being able to drive an hour to go to a show or like you know like it's you know if if a show doesn't hit somewhere that you're close to like in omaha you you're driving three four five hours to go see something you know so every city that i what's the next big city to omaha well i mean it depends on which direction you go because if you go north it's like sioux falls sioux city which is which are like two really shitty sea markets and or you know like low sea markets and then if you go east you have des moines which is like two and a half hours which is like a, a, a great city like they've yeah. had a, you know and we've had a we had a venue closed there bottom of muse rip like super oh muse closed yeah muse is done um oh, i did not know that That's yeah a i mean i i mean i've grew up going to shows there my entire life you know like i i saw the first show i ever saw there was terror amir uh after the burial thick as blood oh like, the Mosh, that's that was the mosh lives two tour I yeah that tour. I yeah that tour. yeah fucking yeah super sad dude like uh, the memories that i have at these places like so that place closed and then like if you go south like to kansas city um you know that's that's like three hours so you know we have lincoln, we have lincoln lincoln just to the south in omaha but that's like 45 minutes and like that's not like a bad drive like whatever yeah, yeah. but um but yeah i mean i've had venues closed in st louis i've had venues close uh where else have we had venues closed i think we had one closed in milwaukee um i had the lookout lounge here in or in omaha closed which is fucking devastating like absolutely fucking devastating for the DIY hardcore scene there. Um, you know, I mean, I, I worry about what, what a lot of these cities are going to look like when, um, when this is all really said and done. Um, you know, I, I mean, if they're not getting PPP money and like, you know, being able to keep their business afloat, I mean, the hardcore community and like alternative communities that use those spaces are really going to fucking suffer. Um, yeah. And it's really sad, you know, and, you know, a lot of and I've, t- I've had a lot of these conversations talking about like talking about what it, you know, what's going to happen in like this next wave. And, you know, and a lot of the people that I've talked to that are, you know, arguably a generation above me are just like, yo, it's it's your generation's time. So I've been trying to figure out like what that means you know like you know because a lot of these cities are going to be like void of venues so does i mean does that mean that we pick up and like transition into something new and like open a venue or you know like it's it's hard to figure out yeah you know it's hard to figure out where where my place is going to be in some of these cities like post this just because there's not going to be a fucking room to book out of you know and it's not like i'm going to go into every city and open up a venue like obviously can't do that but you know, I worry about a lot of these DIY scenes. Yeah. The the lower bands that aren't, you know, the 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 touring bands that are just starting out trying to get like a fucking scratch at the surface are gonna have such a hard time getting started after the pandemic. Just simply because the I mean the existing rooms in Omaha, you know, are already gonna be packed. You know, yeah. like the, those calendars are, I mean, I mean, you thought you had a hard time trying to get calendar space for a show, like wait until like things click back. Like you're going to be waiting oh, yeah. months, you know, oh, yeah. like, well, you're, like, you're, you're going to be booking shows on a Monday. I mean, you know? I mean, like, dude, before the pandemic, like the main venue I use out here uh, is in Santa Cruz called the catalyst. They've been a room for, I think they're about 30 years now. I mean, 
prior to the pandemic, there were times I had like ninth hold on, on dates, you know, for a thousand cap broom, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so after the pandemic, fuck dude, I don't even, well, I might not even bother, you know, like I might just, I've already talked to a few agents that hit me up and I was like, listen, man, when stuff comes back, it's going to be a lot of door deals and it's going to be a lot of like, I'm going to put your show in a small room and just sell it out and not deal with the hassle because I can get the small rooms to guarantee my business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't even, I, it's hard for me to inter, even entertain what it's going to be like, you know, like I, like I don't even know where to get my feet wet in it. And I know a lot of promoters are kind of in the same boat, but you know, I mean, there's a lot of promoters out there are just like, I'm just going to throw money at stuff. I'm like, dude, you're fucking stupid. Like <laughs> you, you have, nobody knows how, yeah. what, what stuff is going to be like when, you know, I mean, I look at it, I look at it twofold, you know, I look at it from a very cautious a very cautious mindset, you know, cause I don't want to lose any money, but I also have this, I also have this great feeling that, you know, we're all probably on the cusp of like a huge entertainment, you know, boom, you know, people, I, I hope people, so. people haven't been able to get out of their houses to a concert or to a club or to any of that in over a year. I mean, if you're, unless you're in, if you're, if you're being a morally good person, you haven't had that, you know, in the last year and a half. Um, So, you know, I, I really think that people will probably be ready to get out and ready to spend money, uh, assuming that people have money. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing that I have that, that has been top of mind for me. It's like, while I haven't been like really, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely pressed for cash, but like I'm surviving, you know what I mean? But like, I know so many of my friends that are not in the same boat, like how the fuck are they going to afford a $20 ticket or a $10 ticket? You know, like 20 or 10 bucks right now is like, is like, you know, a day's worth of food for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that's the sad reality of, of where we might be when stuff comes back, you know, because a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people in our circles have been decimated by this financially. Yeah. Well, the other thing, the other thing I'm concerned about is like, you know, like the the veil has been pulled back as far as everyone would like who's a Republican or who's a Democrat, but also like who wore masks, who didn't, who believed, who didn't, and I'm also worried about like that clashing, like. Oh, hey, shows are back. We're all here. Yo, why, why, why are you here? You were being unsafe the past year and a half. You're the reason we didn't have shows. Like, fuck this guy. Get him out of here. Like, the social, the social clashes are my worry. And then, like, also, like, and I've said this on a couple other episodes because people have asked, like, people aren't just going to want to come right away. Like, that's what, you know, like, all these agents are like, oh, yeah, well, like, you know, I know there's a few tours being worked on for, like, October and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, like, you can't ask 2019 money. Because yeah. we, we can't guarantee you that a thousand people are still going to come up for this show because 60% of those people might be so freaked out by COVID that they don't come, you know? Yeah. And I dude, Yeah. I mean, I'm a militant mask wearer. I'm a militant social. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen anybody in like four months now, <laughs> you know, like I'm militant with like how I, how I spend my time because I don't want to be, I don't want to contribute to the problem. I, that does not mean that I'm going to judge people that aren't, you know what I mean? Correct. And like, I, I definitely understand what you're saying about like the social implications of like, oh, yo, uh, person X over here fucking was out like at the bar every other night, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that definitely was what was happening, you know, like, 
but what are we going to fucking do? We are, we going to villainize each other for the rest of our lives? Like, yeah, you can make your personal judgments about people, but like if you take it to the point where, you know, you're, you're ostracizing people like, <laughs> yeah, that's terrible for business. You know what I, agree. I, mean? I agree completely <laughs> because you're going to have to ostracize like 50% of your client base. You know what I mean? Like, you know, make your, make your moral judgments yeah. about whatever you want, because that's your personal right. But like, leave it at the door when it's like, when it comes well, to business. And, and that's what I'm hoping know. that people do. And the other thing that I know is going to be um, a challenge for, for me is like, I'm sure you've seen, like we're doing some live stream events every once in a while. Like we've done a couple, I'm trying to make sure we have the setup and the gear in place so that when the pandemic is over, we can still live stream our shows for the people that aren't comfortable coming. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And then like, it'll be like five bucks to watch the stream. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. It's going to take a while. Like, I don't, you know, I, I definitely think people will, will be eager to get back. I mean, I think everybody's eager at this point. You know what I mean? Like we're all going stir crazy. I'm going fucking stir crazy. I don't fucking do anything with my life anymore. I'm, I'm more stir crazy than people probably imagine. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, you have to, you know, you have to really let people do their own thing. You know, you can't obviously you can't force anybody out of their house. You can't, you know, you, you can, you can try to set up live stream shit like that, but the people that want to be there will be there, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, and it's on us to, to, to kind of look at how we can make those environments as safe as we possibly can. You know, like I'm, I'm fully on board with requiring masks at my show, at least until the, if we come back in the fall, like, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're going to come out, wear a fucking mask. Like who cares? Like, is it like we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic? People like 500,000 people have died in our country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, dude, I went, I went a piece of fucking... cloth over your fucking mouth, come to the show, bang your fucking head and we can pretend like everything's okay. You know, yeah. like, yeah, dude, I, dude, I went, we went for like a, like almost an hour long walk on the like along the coast the other day in this it we it hit like mid 70s like he was so i i I don't you know you're a big guy like me i was sweating yeah and i was double masked the entire time and i didn't even it didn't even fucking bother me dude yeah like you know i was like i don't really think i don't get it dude yeah i I mean and i i will be that guy i will be that promoter that is like masks are required i will enforce it if you're not if you're fucking around and not wearing it i will kick you out it's it's a it's a liability you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i mean you have to look at it from that standpoint because you know if we are true to what we say and we are trying to create the most inclusive and safe environment for everyone that extends beyond social implications it yes. and 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 general safety concerns you know physical you know safety concerns it extends to like what you can't see you know what i mean and like we have to think about those people and what we are doing as a potential super spreader event you know well and there's and, so many people that have already said there's you know there's a good chance that we're going to have to wear masks t- through 2022. Right. Right. And you know, like, yeah, like, it, and, like it's already the norm, but, but I'm seeing a couple, I've said, seen a couple different reports of people saying like, expect it to be the norm for the next couple of years. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy not getting sick, you know? And like, I was on the, Hey, maybe we all should be wearing masks prior to the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like people in like, in, in, there's there's some countries in Asia that have obviously really bad pollution problems, but like 
people over there have dealt with like SARS and things like that for a long time. And they've developed like ways to combat it. And like wearing masks is one of them, you know, and it's not just like in Asia, it's all over the world. You know what I mean? Like medical professionals, like, like, you know, they don't lie. You know what I mean? They're not out here like trying to lie for their fucking personal gain. Like what are they getting from, from telling you? I mean, like if anything, they're like, shortening like their their end of like the profit because you're not yeah. in the hospital you know what i mean yeah. like they're trying to prevent you from getting there so just wear the fucking mask <laughs> you yeah know? but well well funny thing funny thing you mentioned about that so like one of my one of my uh past roommates is uh he's he's half asian and one thing we had a conversation when all this started about masks and the pandemic and all this stuff and something he pointed out to me that i feel like a lot of people don't know i don't know if you see this a lot in your area because I don't know what the population's like, but you know, in the Bay Area, especially Silicon Valley, we have a lot of Asian people here. Yeah, I see them. They're always wearing masks in public. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, so I asked. So we had this conversation. He actually told me, and this is something that I didn't. I was ignorant to, is that when you see an Asian person out in public wearing a mask prior to the pandemic, this is they're wearing that mask because they feel sick. They're not worried about you. They're trying to do their part to still be contributing members of society without potentially harming anyone. Yeah. I mean, like people all over the world pretty much understand that. It just like there's some disconnect here in the States about it. You know what I mean? Like it, there's some it's it's mostly, you know, in my I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure it's it's just as bad in your area in some sense of the matter. But like I live in the middle of the country. You know what I mean? Like people here are dead set to their freedom and like yeah. set in their ways. And it's bad here. It's they're bad. They're right. Yeah. yeah. You go to the sub you go to this like the county like you go to like West County here. And I walked into like, for instance, I walked into my Mazda dealership the other day to pick up like a part. Not a single person in that parts department was wearing a mask like serving me like that's insane <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. well i think i think the other problem is is like how do i say this the best way okay so like we all remember when our parents told us about world war ii yeah and those stories you know or grandparents depending on how young we are watching you know that was the last time we experienced fear right so no one in our generation like i feel like we just have this like we're americans not that shit doesn't apply to us like this whole train of thought process. Like our country hasn't had strife since the civil war. Yeah. And what there, what there has been is, is hidden and not shown to, to most of them. Like look at the black lives matter movement. So many people still think that like there, that wasn't, Oh, that was a, it was like, it's like already an afterthought. And it's like, no, there was months of protests. Yeah. There's still, there still are in some places, there's still people gathering and protesting for it, but the media is not showing it to you. So it must not exist. Right. Like, you know, it's like, and then just that and all this, all these people suddenly acting out against the media when Trump gets kicked off Twitter and stuff. And it's like, dude, the shit he has said and done and the way that our country has been acting with the political unrest on both sides. It's not even just a left versus right thing. It's both sides. The ignorance shown we have literally invaded other countries for less oh yeah we have we have and that's what that's the thing about this whole situation that blows my mind is like the, especially the people that are so like pro military pro cops doesn't don't have to be pro cop but pro military pro like the old ways it's like pro dude, pro, pro authority yeah, yeah pro authority it's like dude bush both bushes 
literally invaded countries for less than what we're doing inside our own country right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, same with the Obama administration as well, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I you know, I, I like... I liked a lot of his policies and I, I definitely voted for him both times and I voted for Joe Biden, but that doesn't, that has no endorsement on what, I, how awful I think their politics are. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, the other thing is, is like, I think, I think we're all, we all forget that like, you know, he's, they're just the pyramid. Uh, they're just the, the top of the pyramid that you can see. There's yeah. still more like, they're still like there. I forget who it is. There was like some, some hip hop artist you know, once said that all presidents are just puppets with their strings being pulled. I forget what his phrase in the song was. I used to listen to it when I was young, but it's true. Like, you know, no one's going to walk in there and just do what they want. Like they're still at the liberty of both political parties and, you know, there's still some sense of like control, you know, unless until we get someone like the rock as our president who just <laughs> gets up and goes like, this shit's wrong. Nope. Sorry. Bye. Yeah. You know, like Bernie's insane, but like I saw a tweet today where it's like you know if we had, if we had had Bernie as our at you know and it's in this first 100 days, he probably would have erased the, the student loan debt and said screw these banks I don't care absolutely you know yeah. like there's some things that like we all wrote off as like that's too crazy or he's too socialist too, yeah or too, too too ambitious or whatever too ambitious, but some of the stuff it's like. Not like when you think about the things he said he was going to do that Biden's not doing now, it's all stuff that even maybe not in the long term, but in the short term could could thoroughly benefit our country. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I I know I don't have buyer's remorse for voting for Joe Biden, but I feel right. like it every day that I don't that like we're still fucked. You know, like, I, is he really doing anything? Not really. Like. You know, like I've I've battled with that for a long time because I definitely consider myself like a progressive, like I I'm probably a leftist, I guess. Um, I'm definitely not like a I'm definitely not like a, a traditional Democrat. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I think this this quarantine and pandemic time has been really uh, is really shaped me politically, too. You know what I mean? Like there's obviously there's obviously been a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on because we had the pandemic during like the election year is really hectic but like you know i've really used that as like time to like really figure out where i stand on like a lot of these issues and like where you know what what i want to allocate my time to doing you know and like somebody who i'm really inspired by george smith's from stick to your guns always someone that i've always looked up to in terms of like politics because he's so he's so far left and he's he cares about people so much no matter what side of the aisle that they're on it's, he talks about that too a lot like you know it's like i'm you know essentially what i gather from him is like yeah i might not like them but they're all fucking human you know we have to value like human life and that's where i've like found myself i found myself like really interested in like creating like mutual aid funds you know like getting like raw materials to like homeless people or like setting up like a like doing things that are like good for the earth and like good for like human connection like i like i noticed this week like i was talking with my girlfriend i noticed like on the side of like the interstate like by my house there is like an enormous amount of trash <laughs> like so much fucking trash like i was like dude we should just organize like a quick like little fucking group to like pick all this up it'd be done in like fucking like 45 minutes you know, like that's the type of shit that like I've started to like gravitate to. 
mm-hmm. you know, in my political life because I feel like that is it's so much more fucking powerful to like get involved in like your community. Because when you fucking get involved with your community, you meet people that are part of your community and you fucking grow and you become more cultured. You learn about other ways that people live their lives. And that's why I fucking hated living in Omaha for so long is because everybody was just like me. Everybody was just like me. You know, like people that live there don't ever fucking leave. And it's the same watered down white ideas everywhere. You know, like I I had to get out and like, you know, it's not to say that, you know, there's the all of omaha is bad because it's not it's just a very i I love that city i loved i loved i loved growing up there but like i just need somewhere where i feel like i can make more of a difference and not just be like trying to get like these stupid fucking old white people on board with like ideas that we should have been on board with a long time ago like yeah you know like healthcare and like you know getting free like coronavirus tests for like people like that can't afford to go to like a doctor and like get like a rapid test you know like that's that's kind of where i fucking have tried to focus politically and i i want to carry that over into like you know into my promoter life you know i've had conversations with a lot of with a lot of people this last year especially around like the black lives matter like protests last june like i was really I I don't like to fucking broadcast this all over the fucking internet, but like I was there. Like I, I went to the fucking, I went to the protest in Omaha. I got fucking arrested and spent like a night in jail and it changed my fucking life. Like I've, I, I view things so much fucking differently now than I did at the start of 2020. And I'm extremely thankful for that. Yeah. But like, so what did you, hold on, let me, let me ask. So did you get arrested? Did they get you with like the curfew thing or like, yep. Yeah, it's complete shit. I mean, <clears throat> it was, I mean, like that, I haven't really talked about it because I don't, I don't like to like just fucking slam it out there. You know, it's like, it seems like a very performative thing to say if you're just like, yeah, I got fucking arrested out here. You know, like not everybody needs to like hear that. You know, you can go and stand oh, it. You can go and stand in solidarity and like get arrested and not say anything about it. And like, but you know, like it, it was a, one, it was a pretty traumatic experience. And two, it was a fucking life-changing experience. I talked to, I learned a lot while I was at the fucking marches and at the like protests and shit. Like I had extremely meaningful conversations in the days after that. Like not only in like terms of like my, my social life, but like in terms of like my promoter life, like I talked to a ton of, I talked to a ton of black artists in the area of Omaha and like trying to figure out how I can be a more effective promoter in the hip hop scene and like be more inclusive in the Omaha music scene for black artists and black musicians. Um, You know, it was this year really fucking rocked me, you know, like I've got a lot of things that I can work on in terms of, you know, racial inclusivity um, and, and, and being a promoter um, that I think a lot of us could probably use a lesson for, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not so much that we're just like, it's not it's not that we're racist. It's not that we're bad people. It's just like there's there's this huge gap in the music industry, especially in like hardcore and like metalcore where like black artists just don't have a voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's you know, and that's not only that's not only where the problem is like uh you know delegated to i mean there's problems in like the hip-hop community and like getting you know local hip-hop artists booked on like you know at like prominent venues throughout the city you know what i mean giving them an equal opportunity and understanding how i as a promoter can help you know bridge that gap so there's not a divide anymore you know what i mean yeah that's that's this year has been great for learning 
in terms of that for me at least i look i look forward to getting back and figuring out how i can like you know really help some of these voices in the community that need you know that 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 want to you know make a more inclusive environment I, i'm eager to figure out how i can fit into that and how i can empower these people um, yeah you know going forward yeah but that's awesome yeah it's it's, it's extremely you know and like it's hard to like navigate through as like as someone who's like really grown up in the suburbs around white people my entire life like not realizing like my own like racial racial biases and everything like that you know like it's not that like i have bad intentions or anything like that it's just i i largely just wasn't self-aware enough to like put the pieces together you know what i mean so yeah um, and it's it's fucking it's a confusing conversation to have man like not everybody understands it you know and especially like especially like promoters like in the midwest and shit like that like you know there's like well black people aren't playing that st style of music it's like well that's absolutely not true you're just you're just not looking you know what i mean yeah, you're, not, exactly. you're not engaging you know so extremely interested to see how i can fit in to help that cause when, that's awesome. things, when things come back i like that yeah i don't i don't book hip-hop or rap I, I i just won't do it there's still so much alexa stop alexa keep talking what the fuck i don't even know why she <laughs> literally like there's nothing going on i don't know why she started um you know like i don't really I, i've never worked with that type of music um we don't have the security for it my team is not really trained how to deal with a lot of the artists and stuff because the expectations are different you know what i mean sure. but also out here there's still some old school dudes that are like why are you booking that music like why are you stepping on my my source of income and yeah. i just don't even want to deal with it so i'm i yeah. just never done with it like you know but you know like i i know jay from unity i have a lot of friends who are black guys in metal and hardcore bands and i hope to see them touring more i hope you know like the door's always open for stuff like that. You know, like I'm lucky to be in an area that's really diverse. We have a ton of bands with Hispanic people and Asian people in it, in my area, you know? So like, I, obviously like, you know, I, I don't have the same, like, I, you know, you're going to make it a goal to push forward and be more inclusive. And I, I fuck dude, I respect you so much for that. Like with me, it's like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I'll, like, uh, we did a couple like live streams and we, we sent all the money, you know, to like the funds for all the people who got arrested in San Jose and stuff like okay. that. You know, yeah. like I don't want to keep doing more stuff like that. I want to find more ways that Pen Up can give back this year. I just yeah. haven't, honestly, I'm still so wrapped up in all my own bullshit with like having Bell's palsy and then like when is this going to be over? And then like I've been dealing with my mental health has been a big struggle for me this year. Like I just, I haven't even thought about it, but like I definitely, I hope whenever we get the go ahead for shows to come back that I can focus a little bit on more ways that we can be more inclusive and give back to the community better. Yeah, totally agree, man. Totally agree. And so, like, whether if it's giving back to the community in like a social sense or like even money, you know, like you said, man, it's good. To, it's fucking awesome to donate. Like it's yeah. such a, such an important thing, especially for, you know, it's not like you gave to some bail bonds, which is hugely important. I appreciate that because bail bonds got me out too. So, <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of these organizations, you know, I, I like to, I like to focus on finding organizations that support black artists. You know what I mean? Like, you know, coming up like in, whether if it's in Omaha or St. Louis, like I want to find organizations that 
are helping kids get started making music. Like it, it's, it's so important. Like I, it's crazy. Cause we, we talked on my podcast yesterday to um, Jordan from grandson and he is, you know, he's in like the electro like rock um, scene, you know, he's, yeah. he's playing they, you know, they, they, he blew up over the last year, but he's from Canada. And like, he was talking about how um, in Canada, they, you know, the government is extremely involved in like mm-hmm. giving them money to create art, you know, like they're, they're creating art and they're spreading the Canadian way of life. Like, yeah. So he I was know, like, I, know, I think it's New Zealand and Australia do the same thing too. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine what my friends would have done with some of that cash. Like I can't fucking imagine what some of my friends would have done with that cash if they had it. Like, like all you need to get started, like if you if you're a good band, you need like a couple thousand dollars to to get started. You know what I mean? Like having the government supply that to you is such a fucking crazy concept, and that's why it's important. You know, it's like I mean it, that's such a crazy concept to me because we never we don't have that here. You know, and the the I mean the reason it's important important to like give money to those organizations is because kids need to keep making music. You know what I mean? Like I'm noticing it now, man, like there's a huge gap in people and like huge gap in generations right now of like, there's dude, like seriously, I don't know in my markets. There's some, there's some markets where I would be hard pressed to find some, some new kids that are playing music. You know what I mean? It's the same people that I've been working with for ages and ages and ages. And there's nobody new popping up, you know? And I feel like that's, you know, with the, you know, with, with social media and like video games and like, you know, the connected lifestyle to like your screens as that becomes, you know, over the last 10 years as, as that's really taken a grip on like American society. Like I, I just don't yeah. see kids playing music anymore. I don't, I, I don't see anybody yeah, new they, coming they, in. They, and creating. they just want to do the whole like EDM DJ thing. Well, which, and which is which I'm not is, knocking, which, is, not, which yeah. is fine, which is yeah. fine. You know? not, like, but it's like, but I understand what you mean about like the playing music, learning an instrument, learning a craft, and another skill. Like even that whole that like so many people are like, I'm just gonna go be an influencer. It's like, dude, like I have done retail, I have done food service, I have done chef like line cook stuff, like. I have done, been fucking a grunt where I just do shitty, bitchy physical labor all day. Like I've done all of it, and that wouldn't have made me who I am today. Like I wouldn't be who I am today without all that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and dude, <laughs> you talk about that, but I, dude, I think I need to apply for a part-time job. Speaking of that, like I'm so, I just need to pay off some debt, and I, I, I don't have any fucking money coming in right now, so I need to like, I, I'm thinking about just going to apply at like a fucking local grocery store or something <laughs> until the pandemic is over. That or do fucking like, dude, UPS and all those companies pay super well. Yeah, you know I, what could I, do mean? That. I could. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I have a, I already have a day job, you know, so like I need to find something that can fit within like a, a nine to five schedule, which is fucking hard. You know, like who the hell wants to hire you from five to 10, you know, a grocery store, maybe I don't, I don't fucking know. I, I mean, you could be a stalker somewhere like that could yeah. probably work. Yeah. Yeah. I have to figure it out, man. Cause I need to, I either need to make more money or a part-timer but i digress that's yeah that's i gotta neither here or there else palsy goes away i'm i'm getting a job this back as soon as i can control this damn eyeball i don't even care about my mouth you know what i mean yeah like i can fucking breathe and i can swallow my fucking water sometimes i spill it but who cares yeah. you know what i mean but like not being able to control my eyeball that sucks you know as soon as yeah. the, my eye is healed 
I'm getting a job because I, I just can't sit around and wait anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, it fucking sucks, man. I, uh, I've been playing way too many video games lately. Same. Same. It's bad. It's bad. I don't, I don't bad, know. Bad, how my girlfriend hasn't beat me up yet. Yeah, I think my girlfriend's about there. Like honestly, I, like if, if I, I say if I say I'm gonna go play Call of Duty one more time, I think she's probably gonna. You might have a dead Austin on your hands. Yeah, it's gonna. It's you or the Xbox out the window, right? Or PlayStation, whatever you play on. I play PlayStation. I'm a I'm an OG PlayStation guy. I'm an OG Xbox guy, so I feel it. Well, it's kind of weird because I crossed over when I was like in college. I had PlayStation like my entire life until I got to college, which is like 2010 to like 2014. So I got a 360 in that time period. I loved it. I liked my 360. It was dope. But I think I like my PS5 better. I don't agree with you, but I can respect it. I should probably get a PC. I don't have one. I know I don't I don't I have a my laptop can do like basic stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Overwatch is very heavily optimized, so I can like play that, you know. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I need to I, I'd like to get a PC. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Like all my friends are getting them. Like Defonce yeah. is like obsessed with his. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are making this switch or they're doing like one of the consoles and a PC. And yeah. I'm like, Man, it must be nice to have that much fucking money. Wait, Defonce is on a computer, isn't he? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I he, thought, had, he has a PS4, but he he's all on his computer. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's what I thought. I I thought he made the transition. Yeah, but. he did. He did. And then I have a bunch of other friends that have like always been on Xbox with me, and now they're getting a, a PC as well. And I'm like, fuck, shit's expensive, dude. Shit. Yeah. But uh, super expensive, dude. Fuck, man. Fuck. Well, well, you know what? I let's, let's get to some fun questions. How do you feel about that? You don't. Yeah. Let's fun? do it. Yeah. Get okay. It. What is your favorite show you've ever booked? Oh man. Okay. Um, you can give me a list like top three. Cause I don't even have a top one. Like I have like a, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Usually my favorite shows are like, um, sh- like bands that I'm fucking obsessed with. You know what I mean? Like the, f- I booked, um, I booked comeback kid this one time with, uh, with foundation and, uh, living with lions. Oh, um, that's a fucking awesome show. Yeah. Super, super sick. And, um, I mean, I got Comeback Kid was one of my favorite bands growing up. So, like, when I had the opportunity to do it, it was Wake the, Wake the Dead is still like, yeah, it's legendary. Literally can't touch that album. Like, it's a crazy, it's a crazy nostalgic album for me because, like, me and my friends grew up listening to that and turn it around. Like, we would drive around and, like, my friends would skateboard. And I would just, like, sit around and, like, kick rocks. I, I didn't fucking skateboard, but we would listen to that shit all the time. So, when I booked them for the first time, it was fucking awesome. Like, I it was. I was I relish in that moment like it was fucking sick. Um, what else? I booked um, one of my. F- I, I have a really wide ranging taste in music. Like I'll go all the way from like like simple rock to like you know like <laughs> like uh, comeback kid to fucking. I'll listen to some. I'll listen to like Avicii. Like we were talking about that yesterday. Like I fuck with Avicii sometimes. <laughs> like do you, are you do you get into death metal at all or do you not go there? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. It, it depends. Like I'm very picky with the type of death metal that I listen to. But like you know, like I grew up booking death metal. Like I yeah. I, I grew up booking like Oceano. I book Oceano. Like a I would consider them death metal. You know, like to, would you consider that death metal? I mean, what do you I mean, call? I feel, like, I feel like deathcore is a socially standardized term these days. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I feel like at first it was like deathcore was like the hype, and then it was like the cringe. Oh, it's cringy. You like that? But now, yeah. it's, now it's its own genre of music. I, I, I think that. I mean, I know to some people that word is still cringy, yeah. but 
I mean, uh, but anyway, I mean, I booked um, I booked one of my favorite bands from the UK. They're called Lower Than Atlantis. They were um, dude, fucking sick band. Really, that band is fucking tight. So yeah. I never got to book them. So my parents live in a little town called Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's like yeah. 45 minutes north of El Paso, Texas. Yep, I know where it's at. Okay, okay yeah. So my parents retired there. Um, my dad had some health issues, so I lived there for like two years with them. Well, I lived them with them for a year and then with some friends at a house in Las Cruces for a year. Lower than Atlantis was on tour, and they got stuck in the snow and couldn't get to where they were going. Yeah, and so they actually ended up just staying at my house and partying oh, sick. for two days. They were like the the funniest fucking dudes. Oh man. yeah, yeah. I have a similar story, man. They I spent a lot of time with those guys when they were in the states. Like they stayed at my place a couple times. Um, they played Omaha, I think, three times, and mm-hmm. uh, I booked them at my DIY venue towards the end of our stint of us managing that venue. And you know, it was it, the DIY venue was super tight. I mean, it was just like a, it was just like a it was a one fifty cap. It was super. It was like a box, you know, like didn't have a stage. It was floor. It was floor vibe. Just um, play to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they played and like you know you know how they are. They're kind of like rock, like like kind of like punk rock, rock. You know, like I would kind of like their later albums are definitely like more rock than anything but like i booked them and like they had like my favorite album out at the time uh world record which was (laughs) which was like a defining moment like in my musical like journey like that record coming out so it was it was awesome Uh, i loved that show it was super sick that's tight that's tight now now what's your I, I feel like this is a relative term, so I almost hate asking this question, but like, what's your biggest show or like what, you know, what do you feel like stands out the most to you, you know, in like a, in like a, in like a on paper sense, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I've got like three that come to mind. Like I remember like they, they, two of them came really early in my career. Like, um, you know, I was all about like trying to like, cultivate like a community in omaha before before i left you know especially in my early years like i was like really like dead set on like giving back to this community that gave me a home because like when i was in high school i fucking hated everybody i went to high school with so like when i found a community that i finally fit in with like yeah. i fucking relished it like i loved all of those moments that i had like that's my favorite up. thing about like the metalcore scene is that yeah and i i had a great time like growing up there and like i just wanted to give back when i became a promoter like i was i wasn't like what in my early my career i wasn't like i didn't care about money you know what i mean so i mean and i would be friendly with everybody so i became friends with uh this band called the color morale i'm sure you probably i'm sure you probably heard them um but they were on a tour with the chariot and uh i think Greeley estates oh sleeper was on it um and memphis mayfire opened it like this was way back when and uh um i became friends with garrett um they played omaha and they announced a tour right after I had met them. And I was like, Oh, you guys have an off date in between there. You guys should just come play a show. And he's like, yeah, dude, we should do like a, we should do like a free show sometime, like in Omaha. I think it'd be like a cool vibe. And we ended up putting together like this free show for them on like their day off, like where they could just come sell merch and like play a show. And then like all of a sudden that, you know, they were, it was the chariot and the blood. I'm sorry. The blood was the co-headliner on that. The blood did not play, but um, it ended up the chariot ended up, 
talking to the color morale because there was a ton of hype on this free show that we had going on. They ended up jumping onto the bill. So this was this was like one of the first shows I ever booked. And like I, you know, we went through the process of like adding the chariot and like promoting it. And like it was a free show, free, like zero dollars to get in, which was like which, you know, going to see the chariot and like like a five band package for free. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, like that is fucking insane. None, that never happens ever. I've never heard of that happening anywhere ever since that day. So yeah, I, uh, we showed up to the venue and like the fucking package loaded in and 600 people like fucking showed up. We had to turn away. Like, I think we had to turn away like 400 people. Holy shit. And I mean like early, early in my career, that was insane. Like yeah. that was fucking crazy for me. Um, you know, you know, cause I went from booking shows with like 20 to 30 people. to so like one night having like to turn away for, you know, so, yeah, Oh man, that's insane. Uh, you know, and then like, it just came, it just kept coming for a while after that. Like that, that first like year that I promoted was fucking insane. Like death Corps was like at its fucking peak. Like I sold out the first show I ever sold out was that Oceana tour, that contagion tour that I was talking oh, about. Like yeah. we added my children, my bride to that show and we added two locals and we fucking, is the most packed I've ever seen that, that venue. And I've been going to that venue since I was in grade school. So like it was, Damn. it was a really for, I mean, surreal moment. Like not a lot of people get to see like, like, yeah, you go to the show and everything like that, but like having like that much, like that's a big deal. Like it was like a $14 ticket. Like we sold like 600 tickets or something. Like yeah. that was a big fucking deal for us. We were like, we, we were mind blown. And like, that was a huge, a huge wake up call for me like early in my career because i was like only like maybe two years in at that point like oh shit okay it's like bro like you need to take this more seriously you need to yeah. like <laughs> you know like so i got into it that was like that was huge and then um you know i've had a ton of success with like the parties that we throw with third string mm-hmm. um selling out shows isn't like isn't anything that's like foreign to me anymore. We do it every weekend when we go out for a run with emo night. I'm not sure if I've even really talked about this with you, but like I'm really involved with like emo night LA. They do a ton of fucking shit here in the Midwest and I run all of it. Um, It's been fucking really fun. We've sold out more fucking venues than I can even imagine. And I'm not only promoting those and booking them, I'm, I'm DJing them. So it's like, so it's, it's been a fucking blast, but like this last year we did, um, we did a uh we did like right before the pandemic hit we were we did every weekend in february for the first time i was like i was getting myself on the schedule where we were going to hit all these markets once a quarter so i i jam-packed one month out of the quarter to like do all these shows like on all these different markets so we were gone every single weekend but the first weekend that we were gone we went to minneapolis to do a party at um the fine line, which is owned by first Avenue, which is one of the most famous venues in the United States. Um, you know, you obviously know about Prince and all of that fucking like history with that venue, like crazy. They treated us like fucking family. We sold out the show presale, 600 tickets. And awesome. we had never been there before. So it was like, it was crazy. Like that, that was where I was pre pandemic. I was peaking hard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it really, 
it, it was it was a huge fucking it was a huge we celebrated very hard you know like because we've worked like i've worked my entire career to get to that point you know like mm-hmm. i've worked relentlessly to sell out shows on a weekly basis we finally had got to it and like we finally had visited a place that we had never been before and selling it out pre-sale that's that's extremely special extremely yeah. special that's crazy yeah, dude yeah right before the pandemic start right before they shut everything down they did that it was only west coast shows but it was terror the warriors um fucking dare what i wouldn't give to fuck dude the warriors are one of my favorite bands it's same same and i've been friends with those dudes forever and so we did that fucking show dude it was like a swan story right i haven't been doing much hardcore lately you know what i mean because hard times books a lot of the hardcore stuff now sure. you know what i mean and then there's been a bunch of cool like smaller hardcore promoters that have come up that are all playing and like the young band so they're booking all the shows themselves so i was like tight whatever i'll stick with all my metal stuff like i you know i don't give a shit it's that's what i'm about like i want the scene to thrive i don't care if it's me or not you know yeah but so we had this old venue that's just a veterans hall in santa cruz but like dude afi used to play in their base in the basement here yeah so like we get this venue back and they agree to let me do the terror show. We fucking oversold the show, sold the fuck out. It was fucking wild. It was like, I saw people I haven't seen in 10 years come to one of my yeah. shows. You know, I was like, Oh my God, this is a fucking right before that. We had had like two weekends back to back of sold out death metal shows. I was like, and we had kind of a shitty, like 2019, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was okay. But like the last half of 2019 was a lot better. The, the first half was like terrible for us, you know. And then the fucking pandemic starts, and I was just like, oh, "Come on, man!" Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of my friends in my and within my generational poll have kind of worked are experiencing are experiencing the same thing. You know, it sucks. Like we were all finding, you know, because I think by the age like somewhere in between like 28 and like 36, you find where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you start really fucking shit up wherever you are. You really get um, in your stride. Yeah. 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 And everybody that I fucking know was hitting their stride. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's, it's not a blessing because it's absolutely not, but it's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise sometimes because we have this, we have this huge book with all of these unfilled pages that we get to write the story with now. You know what I mean? Like we have, we have a blank canvas for the rest of our careers. You know what I mean? Like what you choose to do when things come back is, is one and this, the success that you, you know, that comes to you is purely bait. It's purely up to you. You know what I mean? Like everybody's going to have an opportunity, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that everybody comes back calculated and ready to go. <laughs> we'll I know, I know you will be Joel. I know you will be. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, we'll see. I mean, California, I'm in the last place that's going to reopen. You know what I mean? So I I have these questions are fun, man. I like these. Yeah. So I have have a little bit of a struggle coming because I think California will literally be the last state to reopen. But yeah. Okay. Anyways, you travel a lot. So I can actually ask you some of the touring guy questions. Oh, get it. Let's go. Okay. Let's get on to the fun stuff. Okay. First and foremost, what's your favorite color? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Honestly, black. I'm a fucking, I'm such a freak. It's fine. Yeah, so, I'm with it. Okay, what's oh, your favorite, what's your favorite food? Oh, dude, I am a fucking. I know it's like super. It's super Midwest to me, but I fucking love a good burger, dude. Like I'm like I'm I'm fucking. Wrong with that. I'm a, like if if I'm going out to eat, I'm like, yo, where are we getting burgers from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, dude, my girlfriend, 
her dad, we will go to like a fucking like hundred dollar steakhouse and he'll get it. He'll get a hamburger. Like don't even trip. Yeah. Like, I get yeah. it, dude. Like, yeah, I've gotten into like eating a little bit more clean this last year. So like, for instance, in my fridge right now, I've got like no beef. I've got like some chicken, but I've got like a ton of like faux chicken and like vegan options. Like that's kind of where I'm at now. So. I've been eating a lot of like the impossible burger type stuff. Yeah. If I, if I'm, if I'm eating, if I'm eating out, I'm definitely getting a burger because I can't do that at home anymore. Cause I don't, Correct. you know. You want to know what we've started implementing in our diet that's some real good, bro? If you can get a hold of it, jackfruit. Yeah, good shit. Not, I mean, it's you got to be able to cook it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trina, I, Trina cooks it good. We can do it like, like we, the other night we had barbecue jackfruit sliders with pepper jack cheese. Oh, yeah. Boom. Sounds yeah. great. She has like a teriyaki way of cooking it that's fucking great. Like she has like three or four different ways she can prepare jackfruit. And I'm like, I don't need meat. I can just eat this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Um, What is your favorite food that you can only get when you're traveling so something you can't get in st louis or omaha um fuck well it could be a specific restaurant by the way that's okay yeah it's hard because all of my favorite places are here in st louis now i can get them like i love steak and shake i think steak and shake is fucking amazing i love jack in the box i'm a huge jack in the box fan i don't know why (laughs) uh i don't know why but i totally am um I'm I'm Team Wendy's if we have to choose a generic. There's a pizza place in Kansas City that we frequent when we're there. I really like that place. It's called Pop. Uh, fuck, I don't remember what it is now. There's two pizza places. There's one pizza place by the venue we play in Kansas City. I don't remember what it's called, but I fucking love that place. And there's a place in Lawrence, Kansas that we go to. It's called Papakinos. That place is fucking dope. They have great pizza. Um. Dude, Lawrence low-key is like a really good food city too. They have this really good burger place called the Cash Bar, and like everybody that I know that tours when they go to Lawrence eats at the Cash Bar. So they have this marshmallow sauce for their french fries. It is fucking nuts. <laughs> Brendan from Counterparts is obsessed with it. Me and him bond over this probably like twice a year, but like they have, it's dope. It's If you ever find yourself in Lawrence, go to the Cash Bar. Super good. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Have you spent a lot of time on the East Coast? Uh, a moderate amount. Not a. I wouldn't say a lot, but are you are you team Wawa or are you team Sheets? We have this conversation on my podcast sometimes too. I've never been to either. I for sure am a Midwest dog, and I love my QT. So Quick Trip is fucking amazing. Um, yeah. So 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 hope, hope to get to I Wawa. Tell, hope I to get to Wawa and Sheets. I, I can tell you haven't watched to the end of a couple of my last episodes because it's a trick question. Because huh. it's Wawa. No, because the answer is Bucky's. Oh yeah, okay. Well, if I had my counterpart with me, Tommy is obsessed. Tommy is obsessed with fucking Bucky's. I'm not a I'm not a huge Bucky's fan. I I like Quick Trip because like I'm just gonna delete our episode right now, dude. Dude, right. yeah. I mean, Quick Trip gets you in and out in like 30 seconds. I'm like super. I'm very impatient. Like, if I don't, <laughs> if you ever tour with me, you fucking know that like the gas station stops. I set a timer. I set a timer on my phone. Every time we stop, I'm like, y'all got five minutes to take a shit, get your shit and get back in the fucking car and we're leaving. You know, <laughs> like QT offers that QT offers that like that flexibility because like they will stare at you the entire time you're in there. They will check you out within like 10 seconds of like you putting your fucking food on the counter and they're like, all right, see you later. Bye. You know, like every time that like you check out with them, they're required to say, okay, see you later next time. Bye. And like, 
they just sit there and stare at you. Like it's it's like almost robotic, but like you're just like, okay, I have to get out of here now. So I love it. I love it. I, love it. I can't remember the last time I was in a, a QT. That's it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Yeah. That's really awesome. good shit. That's awesome. Okay. Here's the tough one. Because you're a burger guy. In and out or what a burger? Oh man. You know, this is a very hard one to answer, and I don't think I've really come up with a good answer because I really enjoy both. <laughs> um, you can pick it apart, dog. Like if, like, if, her, like if her I, example, I would do an in and out cheese, I would do an in and out cheeseburger with Whataburger fries dipped in their honey mustard. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think that in and out is like my favorite thing to get when I'm in Vegas. Um, the one that they have on the strip at the link is a godsend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times I've walked past there and been like, dude, I need something to eat like right now. I'm like, holy shit, there's an in and out here. Um, I like their milkshakes too. I think their milkshakes are super underrated. Like, like I, the only super, place, stupid good. the only fast food place that I think does better milkshakes not including steak and shake because we don't have one of those. Love steak and shake. Yeah, is uh, I love Carl's Jr.'s milkshakes. Yeah, yeah, Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr.'s or Hardee's. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's it's Hardee's here. Um, I I really I really think that In and Out probably is my favorite of the two. But like, you're right. If I could get like a different set of French fries, I feel like their French fries are just kind of like weird. You know, like they're not like bad, but like it's not what I imagine coming out of like such a good burger place. You know what I mean? Time you go to In and Out. Have you done the animal style? I assume. Oh, without a doubt, dude. There's no other way to get it now. Ask for the fries. Well done. They can do that for you. Oh, crispy. Yeah. It, that, it, yeah. It completely changes the experience of yeah. the animal style fries, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fucking try that. It's good, dude. Probably gonna be a while till I'm close to one, but fair. Here's fair. to better. Here's to better days. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Recently. Raising canes, bro. I love that place, dude. You I, guys are you guys are just now getting canes out there, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. like you I've know, I've had canes for a while. I go to Texas like once a year to see Dan and Mike and everybody, sure. whether it's for a fest or whatever. Always eat canes. It's been in Vegas for a while now, and we're finally getting them in California. Yeah. I think were you with me the night that we got in and out at uh in Texas? You, yeah, you totally were. We went to In and Out that night. You remember that? I was fucking. We were trash. Was that the night of the Suicide Silence show? Yeah. Yeah, I was. That was fucked up. Holy shit! I don't. We don't talk about that, dog. Oh, that night was uh, the last thing I wasn't that the night that we put all those drinks on Defonce's tab. Yes. Or Zemer's tab or Zemer's. Tab. Somebody. It wasn't my tab. I know that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Zemer's we tab. got. We got fucked that night. How was uh, what's his name that used to fucking work with Shannon at the sidebar on the at the door? And they fucking made those green tea drinks, dude. I couldn't stop drinking. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't. Rem- I honestly, I don't. Re- to be completely fair, I don't really remember much about that night. But I remember going in and out. I remember the show. Uh, I didn't remember that we went in and out. So you got one up on me, brother. Yeah, yeah. I remember you woke up the next morning. You were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I, I texted you like we just met that like that last yeah, night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, yeah. yeah, I was I was fucking because that was when I was there for three days because it was like three days of shows that we were that we were doing. Yeah, I was thinking about that, dude. I had <clears throat> that weekend was I was in a really weird spot in my life. I was thinking about this prior to the podcast because that's that literally I think it was the last time I fucking saw you. Like, it was no, we saw each other. Did I see you at the ghost inside? Very briefly. 
yeah, it was either Ghost Inside or like something else. else in Texas. You were, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but I was at a really weird point in my life. I was getting ready to get like divorced and like yeah. going through like a really hard time. And like, I remember I had like several like anxiety panic attacks on that trip and like, I didn't even fucking leave my hotel on the last day. It was bad, man. That was a bad trip. Yeah. I just like, I remember meeting you and being like, I like this guy, but like either you or Mike or somebody had said like you were just going through all this shit. And I feel like I just remember being like, I'm going to get this guy fucked up because yeah. I like him and I want to have a good time with him. Yeah, I fucking did that trip by myself. I don't know. I don't know, man. It was it was such a weird time in my life, but yeah, yeah it was that. Then I was a lot of fun, man. Admittedly, yeah. I had a blast. Like also, that was my favorite. Th- my favorite thing back then was get good with everybody around Mike, so that Mike <laughs> couldn't ignore me anymore. Because everybody would be like, "Dude, Mike, I love Joel. Why don't you call Joel back?" You know what I mean? Oh, Mike, you can you can have my relationship with Mike. I'll throw it away. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I I'm fine with the one I have now. So. I like Mike. I'm just fucking with him. I I we always give each other a hard time because I feel like he gives he gives me an extremely hard time on every social media platform that like, exists. So, oh, you mean Mike Zemer, Mister Social Media? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they so, should literally yeah. just rename Twitter Zemer with how much he tweets. Okay, like I miss I miss Mike. I miss the team. It's been it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a fucking it's been a hard year. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, damn, we, I totally got off track with the questions I was asking you. Oh, what is, I would, you know, let, let's stick in like the metalcore, hardcore wheelhouse. Is there like a local band or a smaller up and coming band that you've really gotten into over the course of the pandemic that you think everybody should check out? Yeah, man. I mean, I fucking, yeah, totally. I mean, I work out of, like I said, I work out of a ton of markets. So I, get to like interact and like see all these really cool bands there's two bands that i've really been excited on the last couple years um that have come out of the midwest one of them's from oklahoma they're called cliff diver they're like they're like pop punk um they're like elevator like pop punk like it's kind of crazy to like talk like describe but they have like they have um they have like a saxophone player like in their pop punk band, which is like it, you would you would think it would be like, oh, it's like a ska vibe. Like, nope, it's not. It's like elevator, like pop punk. It's like it's super fucking cool. So you text me that after the show because I yeah. want to pick that out. Yeah, they're fucking extremely that I've been pitching them to a ton of people just trying to get them like some like serious management or something. So you should definitely look into them. Um, they're fucking awesome. I had them play on an emo night once in Omaha and they fucking blew me away. They're really funny guys. They're really, really smart and they write extremely good music. So really excited on them. Um, and then the other band that I'm really excited on, uh, their name is they're, they're called Household they're kind of um they've done some like bigger tours they've, so they've decently familiar they've um they've toured with like census fail I, they did like a run with them i can't remember who else um they've been out with but uh, i think they did a run they did a run on the east coast maybe played some shows like balance and composure maybe i don't think that's right um so just disregard that but <laughs> uh they're really good too they're um i don't really know how to describe them either but they're they're like they're like pop rock or not not pop rock but maybe just like yeah like maybe indie rock is probably a good way to peg them but they they put out some really um some really good songs during quarantine i've i fuck with them super hard so check out check out household they're fucking awesome okay tight tight okay final question all right 
Final question. Okay. Man, I was gonna say, yeah, we've been on for an hour forty-five. We're just. Dude, I know we're fucking we're having it, baby. Right well, it's nice to have like a fucking promoter. Yeah, man, like, it's good. Like, we we literally live in the same shoes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and it's, everyone that's been on the show is like a musician or in a band or. Whenever I talk to another promoter, it's always like a long affair, you know, because there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot to talk about. Well, yeah. And I've had managers on the show and like, you, you know, I've managed bands on the side as well, but like yeah. I'm a promoter first, you know? So it's like, and you're just a good person to talk to. Like I always love bouncing ideas off you. Every time we've ever chatted, it's been, I literally cannot ever think of a reason why I could say, fuck that guy about you. Well, I'm glad that's I'm glad that's even like, my, even like some of my best friends in the industry, like Defonce, I can definitely think of reasons to say fuck that guy. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And I can't do it for you, you yeah. know. Well, so, Dan, I love you if you watch this. I love um, um, okay, so you kind we kind of touched on this earlier with the whole like there's sometimes like loose fame involved in this and all this shit. So like we all get wrapped up in the business and the political aspect of what we do, and like there's always there's the human nature of wanting to be accepted and looking good. You know what I mean? So what is something about you that doesn't, the basketball doesn't count because you already dropped that early. That sure. was your fault. What is like a, a hobby, a characteristic or like a personality trait about you that you wish more people knew that you don't show on the internet or that's not easy to pick up by, by hanging out with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck man. It's it's kind of hard because I feel like I have like a couple things, but like definitely like my day job, like I'm super involved in like public relations, like especially with like I had a I had a gig in Omaha where I was like a nine to five like office gig, like I took it very seriously. I had like a, a great salary. It was a good job, um, but uh, yeah, like I'm really involved in like public relations and shit like that. Like I I went to school for like I said I went to school for journalism, um, and I've worked. I've worked with a couple different companies. Um, you know, I I guess I don't I really don't broadcast it out there, but I work in like digital analytics for like um for public relations professionals. So like okay. I help I help my clients kind of understand what's happening in the news media sphere in relation to like their brand. So I work with like hospitals and like you know, a bunch of different organizations. I work with the CDC. They're one of my clients right now. Like I make like a daily, uh, a weekly bulletin for them on like, um, you know, a specific amount of topics that uh, they want to track in the news media so they can stay up to date with what's going on within those spheres. So it's very, you know, it's very, it's not very, it sounds really complicated, but in all reality, it's like, it's something that comes very easily for me. Like yeah. I, I understand, I understand news media very well. Uh, I know how to measure it and I know how to help um, people draw the connection between news media coverage and organizational goals and priorities. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, other than work, I definitely, I enjoy, um, I enjoy being a vinyl collector. I love fucking collecting cool. vinyl. Uh, I put that out there sometimes on Instagram. I'll like, I'll take pictures, but I got a, I got a pretty nice collection. I, I like to think that I'm kind of a vinyl head. So like, I like that, but I also like to spend time outside with my dog. That's probably the other thing. Like, I know people know that I like my dog. Like my dog is like my fucking best friend, but um, I really enjoy being outside and like taking walks and like shit like that. Just like clearing my head and like being able to be outside. You gotta, you gotta get that in sometimes, man. I yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's more so it's crazy because like I have, you know, living in Omaha, like the winters are super brutal and I usually don't leave my house for like three or four months, like during the winter there. But like, since I live here now, like it was 60 degrees out today. So it, it's been nice to be able to get out like early in the year and like, mm -hmm. 
be able to like get some fucking sunshine and uh yeah man that's i mean sure. other than that dude i play a fuckload of call of duty that's it I, so, i'm a pretty i'm a pretty open book unfortunately there's not too much about me that people don't know <laughs> you, you know, know like, but, you know sometimes that happens it's all good baby yeah you know you know but yeah so well thanks for having me on dude, dude this well, was a lot of fun yeah yeah i had a fucking blast damn we talked for i didn't like the time this flew by dude yeah for real a few minutes ago and i was like it's fast five o'clock here. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, dude, it's uh, 7.30. It's dinner time, baby. I got some chicken falling out over there with some Brussels sprouts. I'm trying to lose. Okay, here, here, here's something we can end on, too, for that last question. Okay, okay. I, I, I like, I've I've recently picked up a, a habit of running. I like to run. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've been, I'm training for a 5K for uh, sometime, oh, hopefully in August. I have the most fucked up knees and posture and running. It's just out of my Yeah, brain, I'm trying to fucking, trying to use these babies while I can. Because they're gonna be, they're gonna be gone here soon. This old kneecap, it's not gonna be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a harsh reality when I turn fifty and I've been running on concrete for the last fifteen years. So. All right, I've been I've been a big dude. My like this is the 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 least I've weighed probably in the last like six years. Yeah. So I've been being more conscious of what I eat. My problem is like cutting out the carbs. Like it's all that's the hardest. Like I'm so Extremely used to extremely difficult, my guy. Yeah, I'm so used to eating something with a side of rice or Absolutely. on a bun or wrapped in a tortilla. Like that's the thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's that's been the hardest thing for me too. I tried keto this last summer and I got the most insane, insane headaches. I couldn't do it. Like I I'm carbs are so ingrained into my diet that I've 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 cut down, but like still like in in eyesight right now, I have uh, some ice cream shell bowls that are waffle cones. I have tortillas. There's bread, yeah. noodles, quinoa, noodles, 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 and rice. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> Dude, I eat so much of that shit when I when I I, I got my levels checked a couple of years ago. You know, you did your blood work yeah. shit. They literally the doctor literally like went over my weight. This was before I lost the weight. I've lost this like between my weight. And all my my test results and everything, she literally looked at me and goes, "I don't think your body can handle you doing keto." Like she, yeah. you would have keto flu to the point where I put you in the hospital. I was like, "Yep, that's about where I was, dude." My headache was so intense; it was nuts. Like it's fucking, yeah, it's real, it's real, dude. Yeah. Oh so. Like I've been yawning this whole episode because I just I just quit soda, so I'm trying to have like I have one cup of coffee in the morning, and that's my caffeine all day. Zero sugar, zero caffeine, baby. I'm with you. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm not. I I can't. My brain is not used to functioning like that. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm the. I have a soda, or you know, or I'll have multiple cups of coffee. <laughs> I'm. I haven't been sleeping well lately either. This has been a hot, hot de- topic of uh, debate in my house brother, the last brother, week. Brother. CBD. See, I already. Yeah, uh, I, everybody knows it. I smoke a shitload of weed, so I don't even know. Like, I should probably try some CBD, but like, not even the weed is helping at this point, dude. Like, I just yeah, my sleep, I, my sleep is just my sleep quality as I've gotten older has just plummeted. It just has, it's fucking tanked. It's so I bad. Doing, I was doing really bad, and then I started like, I I started doing CBD more for my anxiety than anything else, and yeah. I found I found out that it also helps me sleep really well. Right. Also, I started seeing a chiropractor. Nice. Earlier, like like last year during the pandemic, and let me tell you, I'm like a whole new fucking person. I started stretching more. That's really helped me. Like I've I've started stretching a shitload. Like I stretch probably to stretch more, but yeah, I I try to stretch like three times a day. So yeah, which, I, that's what I need to do. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, it's crazy too. Cause like I'll stretch. And then like, if I'm playing video games or something like in between a game, I'll just like get down and do like 25 push ups or like 25 sit ups or something like that. You know, it's those subtle things to get you back in the, in you the mindset. Respect, I re- dude, I respect the hustle. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Right. Just kind of fit it in when you can. There you go. Well, go. thanks again for having I'm me on, dude. This I'm is... just fucking lazy, dude. So I'll try no, to take, yeah, I'm lazy I'll try take a page out of your book. Oh, I lost this game. Let me do five push-ups. All right. Yep. That's it, dude. That's all you got to do. But all right, man. Well, thanks for fucking having me on, dude. Yeah. Well, before you leave, before you leave, how can everybody, anybody that's interested in your life and what oh, you yeah. how can they find you? Like what's your what's your handle? Yeah. Uh at Austin Omaha on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Just I'm, I'm, I love Facebook still. I'm, I'm totally a boomer in that aspect. So if you want to find me on Facebook, just search my name. I'm really easy to find, uh, my podcast, uh, for the music podcast, you can find it at, uh, left off pod on Twitter. And then where the, where we left off podcast on Instagram, uh, if you're interested at all in my basketball podcast, it's Section 229 Talk on Twitter and everywhere else. So that's right. Come hang out with me, man. I like I, I like talking about anything. So I will have it. all those linked in the description of the episode for those of you watching at home. Austin, thank you for joining me. Dude, this thank you. Fucking so rad. I'm so glad that like I, I just saw you tweet about your podcast, and I was like, dude, like I didn't even think about having you on the show until I saw that. I was like, I should ask him. Dude, yeah, an invite will be coming your way. Like we're booked so far into like like March and like almost April now. So I'm I'm I've got you in my in my sights. We'll have you on soon. I'm really excited to have you on too, man. I'm sure. I, there's a lot of different things that we can discuss, and like there's you know a lot of different things that we could discuss based on what we talked about today. We just continue right. the conversation. So Fuck yeah, I like that. I like that. Looking forward to it, buddy. All right, all right, Austin. Thank you for being here. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in. I'm your boy Joel Cupcake. Your boy. All, all his info. We'll be, oh, damn it, I always do that wrong. All of his info <laughs> over here, this fucking guy, will be down below. So follow him, support his shit, check out his podcasts, uh, check out Third String Productions. He's fucking everywhere. I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't figure out where it was. It's um, If you already follow Mike Zemer on Twitter, unfollow Mike Zemer <laughs> Austin so that you only have to follow one Third String employee. Makes life much easier. Yeah, you don't um, have to hear about his stock talk anymore. Let's... I. I'm, I have to end the podcast. Otherwise, we're going to go off about that for like 20 minutes. Love you. Austin, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody else, thanks for tuning